Good evening. JD Talking Sports. Drop the G on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It is Tuesday, January 10th, 2017. All right, Isaac. Wow. What a championship game. Now, it is 12.33 a.m. I should be sleeping. I have to be up quite early, but I decided I have to talk about the game. Now, the game started off, you didn't think anything was going to happen, especially that first quarter where Clemson had 46 yards of total offense. They got 12 yards on their first play, and then for the next 17 plays, they had a total of 34 yards. Two touchdowns by Bo Scarborough, 25 and 37 yards. It's 14 nothing in the second quarter, and you think, okay. And they weren't doing anything. But the thing was, after watching the entire game, Jalen Hurts really didn't do much from a passing standpoint. 13-31, uh, 131 yards, a touchdown. He had 10, 10 rushes, 63 yards on the ground, and a 30-yard touchdown run with two minutes left that made it, I'm doing the math in my head, 31-28. And I thought the game was over. I thought they'd stop. But this is the thing. That D was on the field a lot today. Over 34 minutes on the field. And it started showing in that fourth quarter. Alabama had given up 32 points total this season in the fourth quarter. Clemson had 21 in the fourth quarter alone. And Deshaun Watson, let me, let me tell you, 46 yards in the first quarter. Deshaun Watson throws for 420, three touchdowns, another 43 in the ground, four touchdowns total, 463 yards of total offense. Well, you know, he only he only had 478 last year, and they lost. I think he'll take the 463 this year in the win. And Hunter Renfro catches the game-winning catch for Clemson. He had two touchdowns in the day. But listen to this. You see, this is the thing, too. Clemson had four receivers. Jordan Leggett had seven catches for 95 yards. Mike Williams made a, I mean, they all made great, big, big catches. Mike Williams made some fantastic catches. He had eight for 94. Deion Kane had 5 for 94. And Hunter Renfro, who was told he wasn't good enough to play D1, he only had 10 catches, 92 yards, and 2 touchdowns. Calvin Ridley, the Bama wide receiver, he had 5 catches for 36 yards, none in the second half. O.J. Howard had a big 68-yard touchdown pass from Hertz. Hertz in the second half had some big plays. you got to give him that. But he really couldn't. His passing game was nothing. Sarkeesian, they had some trick plays on the on the on their what I what they thought was the game winning touchdown for them. They went for a fourth and one on their own territory, got it. Then they did a lateral pass that went to Howard for for I think twenty five yards, and then Bam Hurts just runs through. And I think okay, it's two seconds left. They're not going to do anything. Clemson goes right down and scores. Bama had been at one point they started two for three on first downs. They ended up going 0 for the next 12. I mean, I was just like, wow. I, I it, it was a great game. It really was. I mean, they, they played they played their butt off. Both teams. N- nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, 2 for 15. They started 2 for 3, and they didn't 0 for 3. Wow. 0 for, 2, 0 for the last 12 on third downs, Alabama. 
and not only there, but on total yards, Clemson outgained them by 135 yards, 511 to 376. Clemson had two turnovers, two fumbles. One of them, actually, I thought they were going to score Alabama. They get the ball at the at the 18-yard line. They're in the red zone, and all they get is a field goal to go up 17-7. I think that was a big play right there. They were up 24-14, 14-0, 17-7, 24-14, and they they didn't. Clemson came back. Clemson also 31-16 on first downs. I don't know if it's so much as Alabama losing it as Clemson winning it. I really think Clemson won this game. I mean, Clemson, you look at the wide receivers, four guys with over 90 yards catching today. They only ran for 92 yards, but Alabama only gave up an average of 62. Bo Scarborough had two big touchdowns. In the first half, he had... 12 rushes for 76 yards. He had four rushes for 17 yards in the second half. And then he turned his ankle or knee, and that was it. And they, they were keen on him because Hertz couldn't couldn't complete a pass, so they were just filling the box and just say, hey, try to beat us. And, he, you know, he did. they did bust a coverage on O.J. Howard's 68-yard touchdown, but they never, they never quit. Have to give him credit, man. Have to give him credit. And that Bama had 143 yards rushing in the first half. And in the second half, well, at one point they only had 43 yards. 78, you know, 143 first half. And then 78 in the second half. My phone gives me Tons of updates. It just keeps going. Boom. Every, every paper that I, I listen to, they give me an update like that. Wow. I'll tell you, I was impressed. Ryan Anderson, who had a pick six last week against Washington, he had two fumble recoveries. He, he caused the second fumble. I mean, just some great plays. I mean, great, great plays. I, I was, yeah, on Wayne, Wayne Gallman. He caused the fumble, Ryan Anderson, and then got the recovery. And then I thought he was going to go in, but they made a tackle on him, and that would have made the score 21 7. There was a lot of plays that if it would have went a different way, you you would have never known. You would have been like, you know, they could have pulled this one out. Alabama was had won 23 straight games when they led at halftime, which was an FCS record. That's over. They had a 26-game winning streak. That's over. They were going for the fifth championship in eight years. He would have tied Saban with Bear Bryant. With six, he's now stuck at five. I'll tell you, he's going to look at his quarterback. I think Jalen Jalen Hurts is is a winner, but I just don't think he's a passer yet. And Deshaun Watson, there's all this talk about him not being a NFL quarterback or a first round draft pick. <laughs> Did everything today, even if they were off. I mean, he took over the game. He was the best player in the field. Definite. You saw him at the end crying and everything. It was beautiful. It really was. And they had talked about, uh, Swinney had talked about knots. And knots are non-offensive touchdowns. Well, they didn't get, they didn't give him any knots. It was a clean game. There wasn't even a lot of, it didn't seem like a ton of penalties. You know what? Very good game. Very well played. Have to give. Clemson won it. Bama didn't. The defense was beat. They were just tired. Mike Williams Made a lot of great catches. He's going to be great at the next level. Alabama came in giving up 11.2 points per game. That went out the window. 
I mean, that one stat, 20, 32 points all season in the fourth quarter. They gave 21 in the fourth quarter, quarter alone today. Says something, right? Wow. Yeah. I'm just, I'm very impressed. Very impressed. And Sean Watson this year talked about it. He had 17 interceptions come in the game. They talked about it. Nope. Played a clean game. I'm excited. Congrats, Clemson. First championship since 81. Danny Ford was your coach. My buddy Scott is a Clemson grad. He must be going crazy. Congrats, congrats. Great game. Ends a little too late. I'd like them to start a little earlier, but because the West Coast, you know, it'd be nice if the game ended at a reasonable hour. 12.30 is kind of late. All right, there's other stuff I wanted to get to quick today. Giants. All that came out after Odell Beckham after the game punched a wall and then hit the wall with his head. And they're talking about next year, Eli turned 36, D another year together. They need a tackle to protect the edge. Eric Flowers was not getting the job done this year. A lot of penalties, a lot of sacks given up. He was getting hit a lot. They need to work on that. JPP wants to re-sign but doesn't want one-year deal. And he said if the Giants had advanced against Green Bay, he would have played in the divisional round. He says, I'm out here doing it with seven and a half fingers. He's correct on that front. He was missed. He was missed in that in that playoff game, especially on that touchdown to Adams where I counted nine Mississippis. I read in the paper that said six Mississippis. That was nine. He had, too, he had all the time in the world out there, Rodgers. Victor Cruz, he absolutely, absolutely wants to stay with the Giants in 2017. He said, this is home. I don't want to, I want to, I don't want to know anywhere else. You know what? You shouldn't know anywhere else. But the thing is, you're not getting a lot of separation. But he was on the bench at the end of the game, and he had a couple good plays, a couple passes. He's a possession receiver. He's a veteran. If not, hey, Jets, pick him up. That's what I say. Eli had something to say, too. He said, you do things, you've got to back it up. Eli says uh, that Beckham put extra pressure on himself, doesn't think trip impacted game. Well, GM Jerry Reese said uh, Beckham needs to grow up. I think he'll accept that responsibility. We'll talk through it. That's not going to go away anytime soon. That's gonna, this is going to stay a subject for quite a while. That's all I have to say on that front. Quite a while. And I read something interesting about the Jets with Peter King today. He has his MQB, Monday morning quarterback. He said that not once this season did he hear how impressive Hackenberg looked. And you know what? I I have to agree. I did not hear once that Hackenberg, you know, I didn't hear anything on that front that, oh, you know, in practice, he's doing this, he's doing that. Nothing. And that's got, that has to get you a little nervous. <laughs> we shall see. Mitch Trubisky. The UNC grad, he went pro today. He is rated as the number one quarterback. Now, the Jets have the sixth pick, and I don't think he's going to be available at the sixth pick. Oh, and Curtis Samuel, who they call Percy Harvin 2.0, he also declared for the draft today. I like him. Kid out of Brooklyn. Went to the Ohio State. He's going to be a good one, too. Jets. A lot of things to fix, but definitely quarterback. Knicks, wow, lost again, 110-96 to the Pelicans at the Garden. Carmelo was ejected. Kylo Quinn had a hard foul that knocked Anthony Davis out of the game. But Anthony Davis at that point only had 
points and 18 rebounds. Porzingis had nine. Carmelo at 18th before he got ejected. Brandon Jennings filling in for Derrick Rose had an unexcused absence, which they found out later was family, a family issue, which they he'd also been benched when they were in Milwaukee. And they thought maybe Milwaukee and Indiana, he was, Ron Baker went in for him. But Joaquin Noah said he spoke to him and he said everything was okay. He was at the shoot-around, but it was not, uh, it was not what they called it. It was an unexcused absence. That's the word I would use for it. Knicks are now 17 and 21. They were 14 and 10 at one point. Lost eight of their last nine. Pelicans improved to 15 and 24. And Brennan Jennings filling in for Rose at 20 points, five rebounds, four assists. This is the thing. The Knicks are negative 3.1 point differential on season. They're giving up an average of 108.8 points per game. Only four teams have a worse defensive rating based on per 100 possessions, including the Nets, who are 27th, one spot worse than the Knicks, and they're 8-28. and 28. Also, second quarters, second quarter of games, they're being outscored by two points, which is the third worst in the league. Now, Ron Baker, the two games he filled in, they were plus 30. It didn't make a difference. Actually, I didn't check out what Ron Baker, that's the one guy I didn't check out. I just saw all the ejections. I was like, what's going on here, guys? I can't believe they're 17-21. and 21. I mean, I I didn't expect this. I thought the Knicks were, they're in trouble. (laughs) They're in trouble. Yes, Ron Baker got in 25 minutes, six points. And he was a negative two. Last two games, he'd been plus 30. Actually, the only Nick... There was a couple of Knicks off the bench who had a plus rating, but they all played in the fourth quarter. Vujicic had a plus 12 off the bench. He was number one. But the starting five, Anthony was a negative 15. Noah was negative 14, and Brandon Jennings was a negative 20. Courtney Lee was a negative 19. And Derek Rose had an unexcused absence. All right, Knicks. Maybe get him next time. And they cut the Nets. I'm getting on to Brooklyn Nets now. They cut Anthony Bennett, former number one pick in 2013 by the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's the fourth team to let him go in the last four years. That's Cleveland, Minnesota, Toronto, and the Nets. He was averaging in 23 games this year, one start, five points, 3.4 rebounds. And they signed Quincy Acey at a Baylor to a 10-day deal. And out of the last 65 first-round picks in a win shares, you know, they're based on, you know, if how many wins you count for toward your team. He was 64 out of 65 from number one picks since 1950. His win shares was 0.5. The only player worse, or worse than him was Mark Workman, who was the first pick by Milwaukee in 1952. Greg Oden, who played in, partially, in three partial seasons, 7.3 win share. Bennett's played 151 games, double figures in 16 of them, and 10-plus rebounds in six of them. He's only 23. Someone might give him a chance, but I was like, why would they cut him? I mean, they're 8-28. and 28. Really? That's it? They had enough? And my Yankees. Yankees, Brian Cashman said he's 99% sure 
that he's likely going into spring training with the current rotation. Tanaka is your number one, CC two, Michael Pineda three, and then five pitchers are going to complete compete for the final five final two spots. Adam Warren, Luis Sesa. This is in no order. Just just I'm going through the guys. Chad Green, Brian Mitchell, and Luis Severino. And last year they had a four forty four. 4.44 ERA, which was one of the worst in Major League Baseball. Now, Pineda and CC are free agents after this season, and Tanaka can opt out of his contract at the end of the season. All right. I mean, does that line up the last two final spots there? My buddy Frank would be like, no. Well, you know what? They played pretty well last year. This is what they're going to do. They didn't, they didn't pick up any pitchers. I guess we'll see what happens, right? And I thought this was interesting. All the divisional playoff games are rematches. The Seahawks early this year beat the Falcons in Seattle 26-24. The Pats beat the Texans at home with Jacoby Brissett 27-0 in Week 3. Week 4 in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh beat KC 43-14. They were up 36-0 after 36 minutes. But I guess you have to throw that out the window. And Week 6 at Lambeau, Dallas won in Green Bay 30-16. And in that game, they only got pressure on them on 5 of his 45 dropbacks. They're gonna, you know what? And we don't know how Dak Prescott's going to do playing in his first playoff game. It'll be interesting, right? It'll be interesting. You have Green Bay coming in on a seven-game win streak. Rodgers in his last eight is 7-1, and one, almost 69% completion, over 2,300 yards, 22 touchdowns, no interceptions, and a 120.7 quarterback rating. And Jordy Nelson, yesterday's game, two fractured ribs. They don't think he's going to play against the Cowboys. And then you have Pittsburgh coming in on an eight-game winning streak. Antonio Brown had 119 yards in the first quarter. Listen to this. That was the most since Minnesota's Gene Washington at 120 versus Cleveland in the 1969 NFL championship game. It's a little bit. And it's interesting. Chris Wessling from NFL.com, he compares Bell's running style to Marcus Allen. I think that's a good, great, not a good, great comparison. He takes his time to find his holes, and bam. He looked like, you know, he's like walking through, and bam. And Big Ben had started the game 11 for 11, his best start ever in the playoffs. And listen to this. The last seven games, Le'Veon Bell, 1,002 yards, 5.27 yards per carry, eight touchdowns, averaging over 143 rushing yards per game, over 180 yards per game from scrimmage, 180 yards. Emmett Smith, Emmett Smith now this is the number one rusher in NFL history. His best seven-game total was 860. That's a buck 42 less than Le'Veon Bell's current seven-game total. 1,000 yards in seven games. Unstoppable. And this does not bow well for Kansas City. Kansas City gives up 4.4 yards per rush, which is 26 in the NFL. And this is, a, this is a guy who came off, you're talking about Bell, came off a buck 67 this past week against Miami. And Lawrence Timmons, James Harrison, Ryan Shazier, Bud Dupree, and Stefan Tuitt versus Miami, 40 tackles, three sacks, seven quarterback hits, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. That's a hell of a game, guys. Now, also, against you're going to want to keep the ball out of Pittsburgh's hands. This is the thing. KC only held the ball longer than 34 minutes in three of their 16 games. That's 34 minutes or more of time of possession in three of their 16 games this year. How do you think it bodes for Kansas City? Not good. Now, I know he's in a walking boot, Big Ben, but... I don't think that's going to make a difference. And Brady and Belichick, this is their 14th playoff appearance and opened the playoffs at home every time in those 14 years. 
Now, they've in 2011, they played a lopsided opponent. They played in the division game, the 9-8 and eight Broncos, who had beaten the Steelers in the wild card. Broncos came in 9-8, and eight, and Tim Tebow, quarterback. They came to New England. They lost 45-10. Could get that ugly again. And how about the Seattle at Atlanta? This could this could be a this could this could affect the game. Steven Hauschka, the kicker for Seattle, has missed seven extra points in seventeen games this year. He missed one in the game versus the Lions on Saturday. And Atlanta in ten of their sixteen games this year, thirty three points or more. Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman are averaging four point six yards per carries, and Taylor Gabriel with seven touchdown catches, has one more than Julio Jones with six. I'm curious about that game. You know, they're all this talk about Ryan, Matt Ryan being MVP and all this stuff. I'm really curious how it's going to pan out. And I, I saw this, that the Browns now have a new offensive coordinator, Greg Williams. He's going to fix their 4.6 yards per rush they allowed this year. Also 36 passing touchdowns they allowed. And Jamie Collins, if he, if he comes back, he's going to work on getting that discipline, lack of discipline out of his game, which... Actually got him out of New England. And the Bucks, why you don't draft a kicker so high in the draft? Robert, Robert Aguayo at a Florida State they, they took in the second round only made 71% of his kicks this year and also 4 of 10 beyond 40. And listen to this. The four best kickers in, in the league, one of these four were taken, were drafted. Adam Vinatieri, Dan Bailey, Stephen Gotzkowski, and Justin Tucker. I thought Tucker was drafted. no. Goskowski, Memphis, fourth round, pick 118, 2006 out of Memphis. How about that? Aguayo was the worst kicker that played every game this season. Just goes to show you got to be careful. And the Niners looking to reinvent the, reinvent the culture. They got to do a significant rebuild. Key is the patience. Patience. They have a new stadium, fans staying away, need a coach and GM on the same page, which has been a problem the last couple of years. Now the NBA yesterday, James Harden had his 10th triple-double on Sunday night. 40 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. Rock, Rockets are 30-9. and nine. D'Antoni's doing the job there. And the Warriors are considering signing Monk Dunleavy if he... Get to buy it with the Hawks. We shall see. The rich get richer, huh? Baylor, number one for the first time ever in the AP poll in men's basketball. Kansas, two. Nova fell to number three from number one. Number four, UCLA. Number five, Gonzaga. And UConn women, of course, number one again. Number two, Baylor. How about that? Baylor, one and two in the in the opposite polls. How about that? And Kentucky drops out of the rankings for the first time in 132 weeks. I thought that was pretty cool. Now, they had the Hall of Fame class. I saw Steve, Pur- Steve Spurrier today. Fourth ever coach enshrined as a player and a coach. Also, Peyton Manning, Matt Leiner, and Marshall Falk. Now, I thought Peyton Manning, I know he never won the Heisman. And I found some interesting stuff about him. He took over starting quarterback his freshman year following injuries to Jerry Colquitt and Todd Helton. Todd Helton, remember him? He played with the Colorado Rockies for a long time. This is his first year in 94. He appeared in 10 games, started eight, and they went 7-1. The only game they lost was a 17-13 loss to Alabama. Over the final three years, 
He started every game and finished 39-6 and as a starter. School records include most passing yards in a season, over 3,800. Touchdown passes in a season, 36. Career passing yards, over 11,000. Career passing touchdowns, 89. And over 62%, the highest completion among passers that threw at least 400 attempted passes. And also the most career passing attempts and completions. Also was SEC Player of the Year in 97. Also won the Davey O'Brien Trophy, Johnny Unitas Award, and the Maxwell Trophy that season. And he also was the leading passer in the SEC until he was passed by Aaron Murray of Georgia, David Green also of Georgia, and Chris Leak of Florida. Also has the most 300-yard passing game, 17, my lucky number, of any quarterback in SEC history. Now, he never won the Heisman. He finished 6th in 95, 8th in 96, and 2nd in 97. You know who he finished 2nd to? Charles Woodson. Bet you didn't know that. I bet maybe you did. Also, he threw for a school record 523 yards and 5 touchdowns and a 59-31 win over Kentucky in 97. That, that's 3rd all-time in SEC history. And he twice that year he threw five touchdowns in a in a game, also against Texas Texas Tech that year. Also, they went to four bowl games in four seasons. Ninety four they won the Gator Bowl. Ninety five they won the Florida Citrus over Ohio State, the Ohio State. Ninety six they beat Northwestern, and then ninety seven they went to the Orange Bowl where they got destroyed by Nebraska, forty two seventeen. And the year after he left, with T. Martin as quarterback, they won the Fiesta Bowl in the national championship 23-16 over Florida State. T. Martin was on that team in 98. Travis Henry, Jamal Lewis was a backup, and Peerless Price was a wide receiver. And I checked his records. He went, they went 8-4 and four his first year, Peyton Manning, in 94. 95, they went 11-1. They finished number 3. 96, they finished 10-2. and two, They went number 9. And 97, 11-2, they finished number 7. I thought it was kind of cool. Now, he also went 3-1 and one against Bama in his four years, becoming the first Tennessee quarterback to beat Clemson thrice in a career. I like saying the word thrice. But against Florida, he only played in three of them, but they went 0-4 in all the – he never beat Florida. And he was the first Tennessee player selected number one overall since running back – George Cafago was taken by the Chicago Cardinals number one in 1940, and they retired his number 16 jersey in 2005. Hell of a career, man. Also, he went to one SEC championship game. They beat Auburn 30-29 in 97. And they, that was the year they lost 42-17 to number two, Nebraska. That was the year before the BCS. I, like, I, I had to look that up because I thought a lot of his stats were awesome, Actually, they were awesome, but I was like, you know, he. but I remember him never winning anything in college. 39-6 is, is pretty damn good. Today, Deshaun Watson finished his career at Clemson 32-3, and and he got a national championship. I mean, that. I just thought that was kind of cool. And Colorado signed their head coach, Mike McIntyre, to an extension to 2021, 20 and 31 in four years. But this year, was two th- he was the coach of the year, 2016. They lost 38-8 in the Alamo Bowl to finish 10-4 and four this year. But they played hard, right? They played hard. And you know what? This, this, I'm going to, one more thing I want to talk about. 
Steph Curry is averaging 24.8 points a game, and he's shooting 40% from three, the lowest of his career from three points, three-point range. Also, he's averaging 47% from the field, which is his third lowest career percentage. He had his consecutive games of three-pointers snapped at 157 games, and he had an 0-for-10 shooting night and a 1-for-11 this season. But he just got player of the week after averaging oh no, almost 32 a game, over five assists, over four rebounds for games between January 2nd and January 8th. And Steve Kerr, his coach, compared him to a baseball legend. He said, in 1941, Ted Williams batted 406. The next year, he went to 356, which still would have won a batting crown. And he thinks that people think that Curry's supposed to have the numbers every single year. And he goes, that's crazy. You know, Ted Williams didn't hit 400 every year, but every year he hit about 350, 360, and that's what Steph is doing. The expectations on Steph are outrageous. I agree. Outrageous. Yeah, ridiculous, right? That's not the way they should treat him. No, not at all. All right. Last podcast trivia question. Last time a Giant led the NFL in receiving yards. Ray Flaherty. I'm sorry. Ray Flaherty did it in 1932 with 350 yards on 21 receptions. Ray Flaherty, 1932. And Beckham was on pace. He could have done it this year, but it didn't happen. And who was the career leader in three-point field goals? That's tonight's question. Who is the career leader in three-point field goals in NFL history. All right, folks, have a good night. Peace out.